Hey, this is Jeremy McCrory, and this is the Run for Jesus podcast, a ministry podcast that will help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before. Rewards of wisdom. What are rewards and what do they do for us? Now, rewards is the idea of God's reward be given in response to the faithfulness of his people. It's explicitly stated in the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 15.1. But already there is made clear by the context that the reward is not deserved from God, but is rather an expression of God's grace toward the human covenant partner whom God has chosen. It's intended, nonetheless, as a motivation to faithfulness. God's reward is spoken of a number of times in the Old Testament. Ruth was rewarded for choosing to join herself with Israel in Ruth 2.12. Saul hoped David might be rewarded for being faithful and sparing his life in 1 Samuel 24. And the people of God are rewarded for keeping God's law, Psalm 19.11. And for righteousness, Psalm 18.20, where the nature of the reward is specified, it's also most often prosperity and security in the land. We see that throughout Exodus, Leviticus, and so forth. What's something that you've been taught of that you've never forgotten and why? There's many things over the years that I've been taught, from woodworking to cooking to small things that are necessary like how to wash your clothes, how to take care of a family, how to be present when someone's talking to you. A number of things I learned throughout seminary about biblical history and archaeology and literature and all kinds of research and things like that. But there's been a number of things for me that I've been taught that I've never forgotten. What are those things for you? Well, in the passage today, what we're looking at is Proverbs chapter 3. And in Proverbs chapter 3, the first thing we're commanded to do, or we're led to do, or told to do, is to always remember his teaching. Proverbs 3, 1 through 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and the years of life and peace they will add to you. So what are the things, the scriptures, the teachings that stand out to you? And how have you remembered those, hidden them in your heart for the days ahead, even unto today? We understand scripture brings guidance. Scripture brings so many things. But peace is what I feel like many of us need even on today. That's definitely a reward of wisdom. Secondly, we see the way that we treat one another matters in the kingdom of God. We are supposed to be those that love our neighbor, that love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we are to be the ones first that are willing to serve the least of these and help those in need when we are aware of it and it comes our way. So let's look at Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. It says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. 
write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Other people have value and matter. No matter what they have previously chosen, no matter what road they've been down, no matter the amount of sin or sin debt they have in their lives, no matter how many times they've wronged you or, or done the wrong thing in this world, it's always the God of all who provides forgiveness and grace beyond all grace. So if we have an opportunity to serve and to help and to do so as the Lord has done unto us, then this is an opportunity for us to treat others as He would and see others as He would. Thirdly, we see that the Lord must always lead the way. Who leads out in your life? Many of us are taught growing up that we are to be confident in all that we do, that we are to take the lead as we grow. We are to be the ones that are in control. And, and there are so many things that are put into our minds early on. But the text today in Proverbs 3 leads us to follow the Lord, to follow Him in all avenues and byways and all directions in life. When we don't know what way is up, we don't know what way to go. Even in the days we feel like everything is coming our way and it's good. We must turn over control to the Lord and He must always lead the way. If you search scripture, you're able to see in Psalm 118.9, that is signified as simply the center point or the metal verse of the Bible. We see that it's signified by the fact that it says this. It says in Psalm 118.9, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Proverbs 3 tells us that. In verses 5 through 8, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. We are to trust in the Lord at all times. Not just when we don't know which way to go. Not just when things are going good. Not just when we feel comfortable or have the time for it. In and out of season, at in all times, we are to pursue after Him and allow for Him to lead our hearts and minds and souls. And we acknowledge Him by the way that we live in such a manner not of this world, but also we live to serve one another. Seeking wisdom from God, direction from God, waiting on God, and turning away from the ways that take us off path, the evil ways that so easily grab us, and the world might say, yes, all of these things are okay, but God says no. So we need to follow Him. And that heals us. That brings refreshment to us. He must always lead the way. And it helps us too to understand that we don't always have to have control of everything. That's what it means to trust in the Lord. That's what it means to just rest in Him. Fourthly, we see that believers are to give sacrificially unto the Lord. Believers in Christ ought to be the most giving people in whatever manner, whether it's helping someone with food or money or serving someone in need. Maybe there's some that need some repairs around their home, some yard work, 
simply a phone call, a visit, or whatever it is, believers are to give because of so much that we've been given. There's an illustration called The Gospel of Giving. It says several years ago, the author wrote a book called entitled The Gospel of Giving. That's what Christianity is all about. God gave his son, the son gave his life, and we are exhorted to give our means and ourselves to carry the gospel to all people everywhere. Now back to Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You see, throughout Scripture, there's men and women that give of the very best that they have, their first fruits, and they give sacrificially because they know that they've been given so much by the Lord. What have you been given by the Lord? And how are you giving everything for the kingdom of God, that the gospel might reach all people everywhere? I think sometimes we need to remember just what we've been given. And fifth, why does godly discipline matter? I know what you're saying. You're probably saying that discipline is something usually we try to get away from. It's something we don't like. It's something that's difficult and hard. You might have heard me in the last few weeks say, do the hard things. Be willing to do the hard things. But we've got to avail ourselves to godly discipline and what we might learn in those seasons. We can't run away from it. We must know that it's a great time of growth in our life. Proverbs 3.11 says, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. We learn about discipline. It's proof that he loves and delights in us. Most of us need to be reminded of that. That he, as a parent, we think about it this way. We discipline our children because we want them to know better, to do better, that they might do differently next time. And so the Lord, it says in verse 12, For whom the Lord reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. He disciplines us because he loves us and delights in us. What a great understanding and feeling of that even today. We know that discipline also it has a byproduct or outcome of blessings and understanding. Verse 13 says, How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. It leads us a little bit further into that blessing and wisdom and understanding. It also demonstrates the value of wisdom. Proverbs 3, 14 and 15 says, For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain is better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. There's nothing that compares with the value of wisdom and direction and biblical understanding. Wisdom also leads to a long life. How many of us desire to live a long time and to be most influential, not because of our job or our career or all of those things that the world tells us we ought to be, but because of the biblical leadership of the Lord and impact on the kingdom that our lives might have. Proverbs 3.16 says, Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Wisdom also brings about peace. 
Proverbs 3.17, her ways are pleasant ways and her paths are peace. And then we see that wisdom is a tree of life and source of happiness. It says within the scriptures in verse 18 that she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who hold her fast. Are you and I taking hold of the wisdom that brings about this life and happiness? Happiness and life in the Lord brings contentment because we know that we have all we need and we're willing to serve and go wherever God leads. The sixth point, if you're following along, is the Lord brings wisdom for our souls. Proverbs 3, 19-26 says, The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight, and keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and an adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. What we learn from all of these things is that our treatment of others matters. I'm sure you've heard it before. We love because God first loved us and sent Jesus Christ to us. So we are to treat others in that same loving, caring way, giving grace and mercy, yes, where it's undue, but because we've been giving it. Proverbs 3, 27-32 says, Do not withhold good from those who is due, when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, and when you have it with you. Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. Do not contend with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. What we've also learned, not only how we are to treat others, but that the Lord will take care or handle the wicked ones. Verse 33 says, The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. The wise will inherit honor, but fools display dishonor. So here are some things that we might ask of ourselves on this day. First and foremost, you know, the position of the Lord in our lives and our posture in faithfulness matters. We all should go ahead in our hearts, if we haven't already, and decide that He leads us always, no matter where we are in life. And so because He is faithful and He leads us, we are to be faithful to Him in all that we do for the kingdom of God. Secondly, we respond by how we treat others. And how we do that matters. When our neighbor is in need, we ought to be the first in line to serve them. Thirdly, we see in this, if we are to give sacrificially as unto the Lord, how does that translate into our lives? 
In what manner is this getting accomplished? Many of us have so many things that are going on and life is so fast-paced. But we are to give. We are to give because nothing we have is actually ours anyway. Nothing we've accomplished. All things need to be rendered unto the Lord. And it spills over into our life in the way that we treat and love and go and serve here locally but also throughout the world. Fourthly, we see if godly discipline helps us, then why do you think we have so much difficulty accepting it, dealing with it, coping with it, recognizing it, all of those things? If it helps us, if it grows us, if it moves us closer to what He wants us to be and our purposes and things in life that He is guiding us for and to, then we need to embrace His discipline. Just like as we try to discipline and guide and direct those within our household, it's the same thing on a grander scale that God is trying to do with you and I. And lastly, if we receive our reward in the here and now, then what reward remains for our eternal life to come. See, we will endure hardships and trials for the name of Jesus to reach the hearts of many around us. Christians cannot be afraid to do the hard things and in many aspects suffer for our faith. As we live life, we embrace the fact and begin to understand that our reward is in heaven. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your leadership. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your discipline in life. Father God, I pray today that we hold fast to the wisdom that you've given us, understanding that our rewards will not be on our time on earth. God, that we need to serve others, our neighbors, the least of these. God, that we need to give sacrificially because we understand we've been given so much. Father God, govern and guide our hearts even now. Call us to change the things that only you can change. God, help us to demonstrate that love to a world that needs light and needs to know your name. Father God, forgive us where we have gone on the wrong paths. And God, help us do the things you've called us to do, no matter how difficult or hard they are. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Run for Jesus podcast with Jeremy McCrory. Tune in next time for more relevant sermons and ministry helps to help you run the race of faith in your Christian life like never before.